Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Hey, magical humans, I've got a great episode for you today. But first, I wanted to tell you about something I've been working on in the background. It's called the Up Level with Ease Sisterhood, and it's a group coaching experience that I'm going to do with an intimate group of women. That means I'm limiting the number of people that are going to be in the group because I want to foster a real sense of sisterhood where we will support each other to help each other grow and sparkle. We'll dive into feminine energy of ease and flow, and we will up-level our lives in every way, personally, in relationships, in our businesses, in our sport, wherever you want it. If you feel called to join this experience or are curious and want to learn more, message me ASAP. I'll tell you all the details and reserve your spot. Now, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is the one and only Jen Gottlieb. Welcome. Hi, Kelsey. I'm so, so beyond excited to be on this podcast, especially. I'm so excited. You are like a celebrity in my mind. Before I met you for the first time, I knew your name because you were on my friend Tori Doobie's podcast, an excellent example of being human. And your name had just been tossed around a few times places and then you appeared in my life and you were in fact sparkly as fuck and <laughs> you're just a brilliant human and so much fun to be around thank you that means everything coming from you and like I, I know I say this every time but when you texted me after our first conversation and you said you're sparkly as fuck I was that just that was it and I and I have to tell you that I've used that term over and over and over again. But every time I use it, I say, just so you know, like Kelsey Abbott, check her out. She <laughs> this really cool thing, sparkly as fuck. I'm obsessed with it. So you're sparkly as fuck. And, um, and like this, well, how much fun is this to be able to just like have a chat with you and, and get into it. And cause you're the most fun human ever. So you know, where are we going to go? I don't know. Let's just right. go. Yeah. Before we started recording, we were, st- we were talking about shoulding mm-hmm. and the shoulds and how we humans tend to live a life of like doing what, what they should do. And so I mentioned that most of the people, all the people, everyone on this podcast does not live a life of shoulds. We're over that. Uh, so let's start in that part of your story. When were you living the should life? Oh my gosh. I, I have several times in my life where I was living the should life. Basically all my whole, um, I want to say young adult life. So I, let's start with, you know, we'll start with the more, more recent story from what, you know, more people know. Um, the biggest should that I was doing was I was on um, a TV show for a while. It was a heavy metal talk show on VH1. And it was an amazing gig that I was so blessed to get. I, I booked it after my stint doing a Broadway national tour. And it was just like the thing that followed. And, and on this show, I played this hard rock heavy metal chick, but it like wasn't, I wasn't acting as a character. I was me. So it was a talk show. There was three hosts called that metal show on VH1 classic and three dudes and me and we interviewed rock stars. And I wore these leather pants, had this big ass hair and this spray tan and all the makeup and like pretended that I liked heavy metal music where in fact, I never didn't know a thing about heavy metal music, but like, you know, because I had this amazing job, I got to meet all these cool people and I did my research, but I never really like completely fell in love with it. I played the part, right? I played the part of this heavy metal girl. And so after 14 seasons, 
I had this image and, and you can still do Google me, Jennifer Leah Gottlieb. If you Google it, it's still like a lot of it is um, the sexy heavy metal girl. And it couldn't have been further from who I really was, right? Couldn't have been further. Like, in fact, I remember I went to this dinner party with a bunch of female entrepreneurs and it was at um, this, this really cool, important woman's house. She was like the editor of Seventeen Magazine at the time. And I walk in and she says, um, you know, I almost didn't invite you to this because I looked you up online and I was quite scared of you. And I'm like, oh my God, this something needs to change now because clearly like I'm not showing up as who I am. Like I'm putting on this mask, but I was absolutely petrified. So the show got canceled and I needed to change direction, like start putting myself out there in the way that I, that I truly am and, and start actually like showing up as a coach. And I ran a personal training business at the time and was doing um, high performance coaching. And I was petrified to not be that sexy girl because that's what people thought I should be. That's how I was going to get all of the, you know, opportunities, all of the social media reach, right? By being like playing up that VH1 sexy heavy metal girl. Like you should, no, you should do that. You should leverage that. You should capitalize on that. That's, that's why everyone loves you, right? So keep that, all of those shows in my head. And it just, the more that I did it and the more that I looked at myself, I was like, that's not me. That feels so inauthentic. And it was absolutely, you know, at the same time, it's like, all right, we know that's not you, but it's still really, really scary to show who you really are when you're getting all of this like love, 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 quote unquote, air quotes. You can't see me if you're listening, but you know, for being somebody that you're not. So I, Finally took the leap and I took all the mask down and I took all the makeup off and I took the leather pants off and I started, you know, sharing my story, like as who I really am. And once I started doing that and forgetting what I should be, you know, appearing as is that's when my life really started to take off. That's when my business changed. That's when everything started to happen. Do you remember the first thing you shared as you? I guess it would be the story that is actually on my about page right now, unless it's being changed at this moment as we speak. But I wrote something um, for my about page on my new website that was, it basically starts with, here's the story that you couldn't find out on Google. So something like that. And I shared about my eating disorder. I shared about um, all of my insecurities about being that heavy metal girl and not really feeling in alignment with that. And, you know, kind of having to all of my struggle with mindset and body image and not feeling good enough and, um, and all of my fears around that and having to completely let that go and just do what felt good. And I shared that on my about page. And I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, that was it. That was ripping the bandaid off. And now here we go. Yeah. You didn't tiptoe around it. You just went like all in like here oh, I am. I, yeah, I had to, I couldn't have, it, it just needed to happen like that. Like really well. And then even, even after I did that, I still, I still now, I mean, I, I work with, we work with a lot of people that have trouble sharing. So I still to this day, like even after I made that whole new website and started really showing up as who I was, I still had trouble like sharing on my personal Facebook page, any kind of, intimate stories. Um, I had a block around that. And then what really helped me switch gears there was instead of focusing on me and like, oh, what are people going to think of me if I share this? Or what, you know, what am I going to look like if I share this? Or how many views is this going to get? Like what we were just talking about, or how many people are going to, you know, want to coach with me after I post this? Like thinking all of those thoughts can really just make you stuck. And it would make me stuck. And then I wouldn't post anything. So what I started focusing on is, all right, I'm going to think of one person that I want to help today. Who's that one person? I would imagine who that one person was. I would see them in my mind and I would write a post for them. And I would write a personal story about me and how I, how about I, how I fucked up or something bad happened to me and how I overcame it, what I learned so I could help that one person. And so when I started taking myself out of the equation and focusing on helping somebody else, all, it just all started to flow out of me. Like it was magic. And it, that's still to this day when I get stuck in a rut, which I do, 
often, I'm a human, I go back to, all right, why am I doing this? Oh, to help people. Oh yeah, because sometimes we forget, right? We get caught up in the business side of it. We get caught up in, right? Like how many views am I getting? How many hits am I getting? How many likes am I getting? Right, all these things. But when you bring it back to, oh, at the core of this, I wanna, I wanna help people. So think about that person that I'm helping and share my story for them without me involved. So you just helped me see that that's what I do. And I didn't realize that. And so I'd like to apologize to all the people who have asked me, how do you share so openly and vulnerably? And I've been like, I don't know, it's a practice, which is a total cop-out answer. Let me say that's how I do it. I did, when I was a science writer, I used to write specifically for one person. And that's how I write my posts, but I didn't really realize it until now. So thanks. Yeah, of course. You do write to help one person. I read your writing yeah. and that is what it's for. And, but sometimes we don't even, like, we're not even that conscious that we're doing it. So if we bring it to top of mind when we're stuck, right? Like, you know, this when you're writing, it probably helped you to just like, just go when you thought of that one person and you just started talking to them and helping them. Because, mm -hmm. right? It takes the ego out of it. It takes the, oh my God, what are people thinking of me? Out of and it. And it takes the, like, the feeling like you're speaking into a forum away too, instead of just, just like, I just want to talk to this one person. Mm -hmm. just, and, and a lot of times for in science writing, for me, a lot of times it was this one family friend who was like a second mom to me. And I just got really excited about explaining science to her. And I loved her excitement. So I would always write for her. I love that. Does she know that? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told her, but I am going to when we finish this podcast. Okay, good. I think she should know that. Yes. That's and I don't know if she ever even read any of any of my stuff as a science writer. But um, but yeah, it's interesting. More in the in the realm that I'm in now, I think I shift the specific person I'm writing to. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We're Okay, so you were in this interesting position, Jen, where you, your should, your should life was what a lot of people would be like, oh my God, wait, that's like a dream. Like completely, I mean, maybe it's like perfect or maybe it's just, it feels like following the dream instead of this, like, you know, getting an office job and working these specific hours and getting married at a specific age and having kids at a specific age. Um, and yours also involved this like, Oh my God. So I'm people absolutely love me. So I got to keep going with this. Like I want, I want people to continue to like me and I want to be me. Can you talk about that? I guess ripping the bandaid off that part, the piece where you're able to be like, so people like me for being this person and that's not me. I'm going to show up as me. What is that like? That was yeah. kind of a convoluted question all over the place. Go wherever you want to go with okay. that. I'm going to take it and I'm going to go maybe somewhere different. I don't know. So my favorite thing that anyone said to me this year was um, David Nagel. He is an amazing mindset coach. He said, um, when you stop caring when you love yourself as much as you care what other people think about you you will change your life so when you love yourself as much as you care what other people think about you you'll change your life mm -hmm. and i was lost at that time i was doing something really cool i was really grateful for it i made a lot of money like but i wasn't serving the world in the way that i knew that i could serve the world i wasn't doing what i was put here to do i mean yes performing, I believe is part of the reason that I was put here, but not in that way. And it was amazing and it was great, but it ended and it ended for a reason. And, um, and it was time for me to start actually, you know, making a change in this world and doing what I wanted to do and doing what I was doing at the time. And, and in order, in order to do that, I had to show up as me because how can you help other people be their best selves if you're not being your true best authentic real true to you self you can't it's impossible so i was forced to and you know in the whole should space like there was another time in my life there's so many times in my life where i was like shitting and, and you could look at it in so many ways like when i was 
even when I decided to not continue acting, when I, I did a Broadway national tour and I thought, you know, I went to school for theater. This was what I wanted to do my entire life. And um, I got my dream role. I did it. Like I, I manifested this role that I wanted more than anything in the entire world. I, I played it on the road in the Broadway tour for a year. And then I decided to quit. And the shoulds were, no, you should, you've worked so hard, you went to school for all these years, you practiced so much, you should go start auditioning. You should do the whole starving actor thing. You should, right? And I tried it for a little bit. I did, I, I tried and I should all over myself. No, Jen, you should be taking voice lessons. You should be going to all the New York auditions. You should be submitting, you know, doing the whole thing that all my friends were doing. So that's what you do. And I just kept resisting it. I was like, this is no way to live. This is not my life. This is not, I'm supposed to serve in a form of this. Performance is part of who I am and how I'm going to help people. But this isn't doing anything for anybody. But I feel like I'm doing it because I'm supposed to be doing it. So I had to make the decision to stop doing that. And that was a really hard decision to make because it almost felt like I was giving up on my dream a little bit. But in essence, I wasn't giving up on my dream. I was just repositioning it um, a little bit and, and pivoting a little bit so that I really could pursue my dream in a way that felt good to me. I think it's so interesting for all of us in this coaching space. I like, I don't know about you, but when I was in, when I was a little girl, I didn't, I knew what a baseball coach was, what a swim coach was, what a gymnastics coach was. I didn't know what a life coach, a performance coach, a confidence coach was. And I didn't know that in high school. I didn't know that in college. So I feel like for all of us, we end up going in these directions that are what I call like this, but not this. So it's something that give. it's like, it's, it's what we... It's, it's like the path that we need to take at that moment because the path that we're, the reason we're here to serve the universe, it isn't available to us yet. So we have to take this other path just for a little while mm -hmm. and it's going to help us in the long run. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I agree because all of that now comes into play because I tell this story all the time. So even like maybe that story, all of these stories, all of those things happened to me because I was supposed to use these stories now to help other people and to remind myself, like if I'm, you know, if I'm doing something that I feel like I, I'm doing it because I should be doing it or because I'm supposed to be doing it, but it doesn't feel right to me. Like I can sit here and have an amazing conversation with you about something that I did wrong years ago that will remind me, oh yeah, huh? That, that is so exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Plus, like, I imagine you gained tons of skills. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I know you gained some mad law of attraction skills. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But also, I mean, just performance. That's every aspect of that. All humans use that on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. Right? And and it's funny because I always knew, so I knew like even when I really stopped doing the, that whole acting thing, I said, I am, this is my passion, my purpose, my, like why I was put on this planet is to perform on stage, but it maybe not in this way anymore. So I knew that I always used to tell me, I'm going to take the back door. Like I'm going to take, I'm just going to do it in a different way. And when I got to host on Fear Advantage this last year and be on stage again, where I haven't in years and years and years, and years I have one of those moments where I'm like, oh my god this is where it all comes to so for so long i didn't even have any faith that it would come back i kind of knew deep down oh maybe one day i'll get back to performing i know one day i want to get back to it but like didn't know how it was going to happen because i was like you know doing i had a personal training business and i was doing mindset coaching and it just wasn't thing. but if you just stay with that big vision in mind and believing that and I believe that deep down, maybe I believe you don't have to completely believe it percent, but I, Chris and I always, I just need to believe it 51%, a little more than I don't. And I believed it a little bit more than I didn't. If I keep weighing my bliss, keep following what feels good, keep doing what feels true to me, do shit that I'm supposed to do, don't do shit because I should be doing it. Just keep going on this path with this big vision in mind, knowing who I am, it will all line up the way that it's supposed to, and that a way that feels amazing. And I stopped the way that I did back in the day. 
So when I was on that stage at UA and hosting and throwing dance parties and dancing on stage and like, you know, being able to be in front of an audience and feel that feeling that I used to feel that I love so much and help people at the same time. I was like, Oh my God, duh, duh, here it is. But the universe shows itself like it, it works in such mysterious ways. And we always say, like, you can't connect the dots looking forward. This is the Steve Jobs quote, but you, you can only connect them looking backwards. When you come down to your advantage, you'll see me say that all the time. But it's so true. And, like, when you look backwards, all the dots connect to exactly where you are right now. And, yep. Yeah. And I always say that looking back, it's actually so clear for me. My path, looking back, my path is a straight line. But looking from the outside, I think people are like, oh, what, what were you doing? Why were you a marine biologist? What, like all of these little side routes that weren't side routes, they were actually their direct path. That's exactly right. I like to tell people there are no such thing as bad decisions, or I try to tell myself this because sometimes when I overanalyze about a decision or something bad, quote unquote, bad happens and I start freaking out. I remember, I think it's so important to like look back and like every single bad decision or, or decision that I've ever made or bad thing that's happened, failure that's happened, win that's happened, everything has led me to where I am right now. So going forward, there's never a bad decision because whatever decision you make is going to bring you to where you're supposed to be. Every bad thing, quote unquote, bad thing, actually looking back now, every bad thing that's happened to me that I thought was bad at the time is actually was amazing. And it yeah. should happen because it brought me to where I am right now. Can you agree? Absolutely. I believe, yeah. first of all, that we make the perfect decision for us at that time. Yeah. The only reason we judge anything as a bad decision is if we're looking back and berating that younger version of us for not knowing what we know now. Which, like, no, that younger version needed to learn the stuff to get here. We had to go through so much. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we can look back. I look back with so much gratitude for all of the things that felt horrible at the time. Yep. And if we look for the gifts and things, they're right there. Yeah. They're always, always right there. To living your awesome. Like, I love, like, this is your thing and I love it so much. And like, one of the most important things to feel awesome all the time. And you don't feel awesome all the time. Like, I don't feel mm-hmm. awesome Definitely not. But a way to snap yourself out of it when you feel like there's absolutely no way, like I've had days this week where I'm like, there's no way I'm going to, or even like the Facebook post I just wrote about that dance class. Like that's how I like, it's about finding things like that that can snap you out of it. And one of my favorite things other than dancing, because dancing is a great way to snap yourself out of, you know, being in a funk and start feeling awesome again. But, but like what we just said, like finding the gratitude in every situation. So whenever something goes wrong or like there's drama happening or like, you know, in the business or whatever, like Chris and I are talking, I'm like, all right, let's talk about what's good about this and why we're grateful this happened. Because there's always reasons to be grateful. When I lost 25,000 Instagram followers, my Instagram got hacked and I lost everything that I built, 25,000, I immediately, I could have gone down a hole of, holy shit, my life sucks. You know, the whole thing, what am I going to do? And instead of immediate, immediate, I needed to remind myself, okay, why am I grateful? Why am I grateful? Why am I grateful? And I just started writing down reasons that I'm grateful. I'm so great. I get to start this over, like a fresh start, like just reasons why it was good. And if you can get into gratitude mode before this, the victim mindset seeps in, before all of the scarcity and negativity comes in and you just start getting grateful, it's impossible to be anxious, angry, sad, worried, and grateful at the same time. So gratitude conquers all. So I always try to like look back at anything or any situation that's coming up that I might be worried about or anxious about and be like, all right, why is this great? Yeah. And I think the more we do that, the more it just becomes our go-to. Because mm-hmm. so Tuesday I was lying on the couch feeling like crap, watching Hallmark movies, trying to, um, you know, cry all the toxins out of my body. <laughs> and there are all these ads for all these prescription medications. So I'm feeling like crap and I'm seeing all these ads and I am just overwhelmed with gratitude Mm. for my health Mm. because I don't need any of these drugs. Yeah. So that like, I mean, I was not consciously 
looking for the gratitude at that moment. But I've been doing it for so long that boom, it's right yeah. there. Well, we can, we can actually change our brains to, to think that way. I never used to think this way ever. I'm sure you didn't either. There's a time yeah. that you conditioned yourself. Um, I'm reading Joe Dispenza's book right now, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it's like the science behind the woo. It's so fascinating, but it is actually scientifically proven that we can change like our, the way that we think about things. Mm -hmm. And if you practice it enough, it's like working out a muscle. It's like exercise. Yeah. Neuroplasticity. It's a real thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's totally what he's talking about in the book. Thank you, scientist. <laughs> I'm talking to a scientist. I don't even know why. I, like, but I haven't read that book and I really want to. Oh, it's, you'll love it. Read. Yeah. I'm going to take care of that when we're done here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we told, I describe it in non-scientific terms as currently, our current way of thinking is like a highway. And it's well-paved, smooth roads, smooth sailing. That's the way we know to go. So it's easy, whether it's like the habit of looking for the, the things that are bad or criticizing ourselves or whatever that habit is, that's the easy way. And then we can make a choice to take the windy, bumpy construction road that is going to take longer. It's going to be a conscious choice. And that road is, that's the way, that's the new way of thinking. That's the way you want to think. Yeah. That's the one where you're finding the gifts everywhere, where you're finding the opportunity, where you're finding the gratitude. Yeah. It's just a conscious choice. Decide you're, you're going to give up efficiency for a moment and you're going to choose the other route. Yeah. And it's not necessarily going to feel like it's easy to choose that route. You're not going to mm -hmm. want to because our brain wants to go to right. the thing that it's used to. Right. Negativity, scarcity, victimhood. It yeah. wants to go there because that's what's comfortable. Feeling positive and grateful, that's not comfortable. That mm -hmm. doesn't feel right. No, I just want to be like safe and negative and you know and not have any expectations for myself and not have you know risk being hurt or risk being upset. But the second that you can, you know, start conditioning yourself to think the other way around, just making a choice, like you said, we get to wake up every day and we get to choose how we want to think about things. And then sometimes we feel like we, we can't, but we actually can. That's when you completely take control of your life. That's Yeah. There's a quote, I think, in, I think it was Einstein. He says, every morning you get to wake up and decide, do you live in a friendly universe or an unfriendly universe? Mm -hmm. Love it. So good. So and it's good. that simple. Yeah. But we make it so complicated. And, and it's okay. We're human beings. We have yeah. time where we forget. And that's why I have to wake up every day and remind myself. Mm -hmm. That's why I have to wake up every day and do my morning routine with my gratitude list and my meditating and my affirmations. I do it all. And I don't do it all because someone said to me, oh my God, like you're like perfect. I'm like, no, I'm not. And that's why I need to do this every day. And when yeah. I don't do it, I'm not as happy. And it yeah. works. Like when I start my day off in gratitude and, and with an intention, like that's how I've manifested all the things that I have. And then when I'm not in flow and I'm not manifesting and I'm in a sticky, shitty place, I'm like, why? Oh, because I'm not doing the work every day. It's a constant, it's always, you, it's not just like you fix it and it's fixed. Yes, it gets better and better and better, but I'm always needing to remind myself and work on it every single day. Yeah, it's a practice the same way a sport mm -hmm. or a skill is a practice. Mm -hmm. We work on it every single day. We're so, our mindset about our mindset is really lazy. Yeah. Yeah. But why wouldn't we have to work on that every day just like we work on everything else? Right. Yeah. Humans are funny. Funny. Totally. We crack. I'm, I'm just, yeah, completely amused by us and our ridiculousness. <laughs> No, it's not. It's so good. It's funny because I was having a conversation today that like really could have used this conversation <laughs> inside of it. But anyway. I, I want to talk a little bit about your, your law of attraction skills. Yeah. Where did you learn that? Can you share your big successes with it? Yeah. Tell people a little bit about that. I love talking about this. It's my favorite story to tell. So, um, and I tell it in big detail at UA, so you'll be able to hear it like again. Um, but I 
so I grew up, my mom was like a very quote unquote spiritual person. She was a Reiki master and like in the spiritual stuff and crystals. And like when I was a kid, I thought it was all bullshit. And I was like, would make fun of her and everything. And I remember when I was in musical, when I moved to New York City, um, for the first time to go to school for musical theater. My friend Patrick and I went to see one of the first shows I saw when I got here was The Wedding Singer, the Adam Sandler movie. And I went and I saw this show and I saw Felicia Finley play the role of Linda and I just like lost it. I was like, I need to play that part. I felt so connected to it. She was the funniest. She stole the show. It was just like, oh, I don't know. I like, I gotta play that role. I looked at Patrick. I said, I'm going to play that part one day. And he's like, okay, sure, <laughs> whatever. So at the time, my mom, I think it was my mom, I don't remember, somehow I had gotten a, the, the book, The Secret. And I started reading it. And I'm like, this is all a bunch of bullshit. Like, really? I can sit around and think about something and then it can happen and I can create it? Okay, well, saw this show. I'm like, I really want this. I'm reading this book. I'm like, all right, here, you know, they tell you, you should manifest like something small first, like a pen. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna manifest a fucking pen. I'm gonna manifest Broadway. So this is the thing that I want. I'm gonna just do an experiment and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then this all a bunch of bullshit, but I'm gonna do it right. So I decided I was gonna manifest this role and, and I really did the book. So I made a vision board, all wedding singer, Linda pictures and everything. And when I was in school, I, chose her songs as all of my final demo songs in school. So I like was rehearsing these songs and when I was rehearsing them, you know, they say act as if. So I, I was rehearsing them acting as if I was rehearsing for the show and telling people like, oh yeah, cause I'm gonna play Linda one day. Like, duh. like I just believed it. I knew it. And every single night I would do the visualizations. So I'd close my eyes and I would visualize myself in the costume on the stage performing songs so detailed and like really, really saw it and felt the way that I would feel playing the role. So I'm not gonna go into the details because I want you to be able to hear the story. It'll be more fun for you when you come to UA and it's a really long story, but long story short, I audition my ass off, I do all the things, um, and I get the role. And as Linda, on the Broadway national tour, wearing the same costume that Felicia Finley wore with the same sets that they used. And the first time that I played that part on a stage in front of an audience, the vision that I saw of the audience with my costume, with the lights, was the exact one that I created in my mind. And I'm not exaggerating, it was so profound, and it hit me so hard that I walked off stage, I broke down in tears, hysterics, and that was when I was like, oh my God, I can create anything that I want in this world. Like, I am, I am the most powerful person ever, you know, because I created that. It, 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 you know, it wasn't easy, and I didn't sit around and dream about it. Yes, I took a lot of action, which is a big part of it, but I believe that the, law, the way the law of attraction works is, yes, you know, you are creating a vibration and, and our thoughts do attract things, right? But at the same time, what that does is you're tricking your subconscious mind to think that it already happened. So the action taking is a hell of a lot easier. It's not as scary. So it was easier for me to keep going when I didn't get it and when I didn't get it, when I was the understudy and like all the things that I had to go through because I had already believed in my mind this was happening no matter what because it had already happened. So that was the first thing that made me fully believe that, oh wow, this shit works big time. And how long was that process from the day you made the declaration to the day, well, to the day you knew you had the role? I want to say it was like three or four years. It took a long time. And then the second thing that I manifested, like the real thing took about eight years. So what I like to say to people is, you know, a lot of people say to me, like, I'm doing all the manifesting, I'm doing all of it, I'm, it's just not working. First of all, if you say it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. Number one rule. Um, but second of all, it works. You just have to keep going and it, it may take a long time. And, it's, and you, don't, you have to forget about the how. You can't mm -hmm. know how it's going to happen. It's just going to line up for you and it's going to line up when you least expect it and not in the way that you think. But that end thing is going to happen if you keep going. Like it, it just is. 
And for me, that um, it happening and not in the way you think is such a key for me because I don't like watching reruns. I don't like... Like I actually wrote out an entire race report once before a triathlon and then the race went exactly as it had in my plan. Wow. And I thought it was boring. <laughs> so, and, and I think the key there is that I didn't shoot high enough because of then I think it would have been more exciting and then it wouldn't have happened the way I expected it to happen. Like something would have gone differently. But it's that, that like, it's going to happen and it's not going to be how you expect it. That, that's what gets me on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you like, you, you like uh, variety. I do. I love uncertainty. I love mm-hmm. like advent calendars. Like, let me know. Like I want to find out what's behind every door. You were like at a unicorn. You love <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I hate uncertainty. I want to know everything that's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Um, but I really like the, um, I, I didn't learn this until recently about the law of attraction, but the whole this or something better thing, Mm. right? Because sometimes the universe will give you what you want, but it it doesn't look like what you really wanted. And you're like, wait a second. And then you're like, oh wait, but it's way better. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and being specific like the, yeah. Cause I made that mistake once I forget my husband was traveling and he'd been traveling a ton and I was like. It, kind of joking, kind of not. I was like, will you bring me something back, please? You brought me back, uh, like, the flu. I yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. We can manifest bad things just as quick as we That's can. That's exactly what I asked for, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so one more. So the other law of attraction story I just I love, too, uh, because talk about being specific. Um, and this was, like, my second time attracting something. So I'll tell the Chris story later, but this – or another time, but this apartment, so I, this is a really, really good one. When I was a personal trainer, I used to train people in this building that I'm in right now, in this gym, and I would always, like, fantasize about living in this building. It was, like, my favorite building in the city, and I I just thought, like, oh, if I I lived in that building, like, I made it. That is, like, a cool building. And I used to joke, like, I would date a lot of guys that lived in this building. Not because, like, just because they lived in this building, but I was like, oh, it's duh. I'm dating him. He lives in that building because I'm supposed to live there one day. And I would – so I remembered, okay, I'm going to try law of attraction in this. Like, I I actually did. And and I would walk in, and I would tell the doorman, guys, I'm going to live here one day. You better wait. You're going to see. I'm going to live here one day. And when I would get in the elevator to go up to train my clients, I would imagine that I was going up to my apartment that I live, you know, just feel like I was a resident, just say hi to the people in the elevator, like, oh. like I lived there and acting as if, and writing, I have my journals, I can show you my old journals from last year, my future gratitude. It's like, I'm so grateful. I live at 200 West 72nd street in one of the corner apartments with the windows looking over 72nd, very, 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 very detailed. And I used to walk, I remember, at 5 a.m. to train my clients on 72nd Street, and I would walk back and look at the building and look up at, like, one of the top corner apartments and say, one day I won't have to do this anymore, and I'll be able to look down at the street at 5 o'clock in the morning instead of having to look up. And I am now, right now, living in that apartment on the 19th floor that I would point at all the time that looks over 72nd on the corner, it's, it didn't ha- I didn't know how I was going to get it. No clue. And, it, and I probably wouldn't have ever been able to imagine that it was going to happen the way that it did. But it happened. So that's not a good – that's one of my now my favorites. That's a good – how many years? Was that the eight-year one or is Chris the eight-year one? Chris is the eight-year one. Okay. But this apartment – so I guess I started wanting to live here when I first started training people here, which was probably about five years ago. So commitment is also a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Commitment and persistence. Persistence. Persistence and not just like, oh, it's not working. Or like, you can't push too hard either. Because when I try to push to manifest things, like really try, like, all right, I'm going to try and, and I'm going to make this happen. It's kind of all about just knowing, like just knowing that it is, it is already, not even that it's happening that it is in existence, that it's happened, and then letting go. So setting the intention, 
knowing that it's happened, it's easy and effortless, and this is just what it is, and then letting it go and not thinking about it anymore. I love like it. My, um, a great exercise to do, so we're at we're end of December, right? So we're going into the New Year's. So what I do every New Year's is uh, write a letter to myself a year from now, right? And say like, oh, I'm so proud of you. You created this and this and this, and like what I want my year to look like. And that's a really great practice in setting the intention and letting it go. Because you write the letter, you fold it up, you put it in an envelope, you say, do not open until January 1st, 2019, 2020, whatever the next year is, put it away and don't think about it again. And I had one from last year and Chris and I had just met and we went on this trip together after like two weeks of knowing each other. And I'm like, I have this letter, I do this thing where I write, you know, um, and I don't know what it says, but I want to open it and, and like, don't think I'm weird. So we're sitting there and I open the letter and the first line of the letter says, Jenny, I'm so proud of you and excited for you that you met the love of your life. And he's sitting right next to you right now. Give him a kiss for me. Uh, I've heard this story a few times, Jen, and it still gives me chills. <laughs> it's a pretty cool story. It's, a pretty cool story so then so it's all these reminders that it works mm -hmm. right and then I forget and then I have to talk have about conversations with you like this or with you know what I mean mm -hmm. to remind myself and like I'm gonna have a great day now because we talked about this right because it's just yeah. such a good reminder and I love so so you're talking about these big reminders huge reminders I I hold on to these teeny tiny reminders that I'll get which mm -hmm. are like I used to have one client that this was really effective with, and I, I can, I can manifest a clear schedule. Oh. I can be like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of like fried. I really, I overscheduled myself this week. It'd be great if today just cleared out and then like boom, boom, boom. All these people, like things come up and everyone has to cancel at the last minute. And I say, okay. Don't you love that? Thank you. And then I'm like, Kelsey, look how powerful you are start putting that towards other things. I love when little things work because they remind you, like, I think that when little things start to manifest, it's like, oh, my manifesting powers are really strong right now. I should manifest something big. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So pay attention to next time you clear your schedule out and then start like journaling on what you really want in life. Mm, I like that. <laughs> and today is supposedly a super powerful new moon, by the way. No way. So yeah, it's all about manifesting, getting clear on those desires. Today? Like today is the, yeah, get ready for it tonight. Put it out there. And then one thing, I am not an expert on anything astrological or lunar or anything like that. But I read that this is this stuff that like the cycle matches up with a moon in June. So get clear on what you want in June of 2019. Tonight. I'm gonna write that down. What do I want in June of 2019? Oh, that's really good. There's some stuff happening in June. <laughs> Great. I love this stuff so much. So Jen, what else do you want to share with people? You're, before we started, we were like, well, your story has got a little bit of everything. So we could, we could make this a four hour episode, but you know, we won't. Um, like what's really on your heart right now? Oh my God. That's such a, What's really on my heart, in my heart right now? Well, this idea of connection is really what I'm focusing on right now. Um, because this year, my word of the year was connection. So I, I pick a theme or a word, right? I don't set a resolution or anything like that. I just pick one word. And I, so I thought, I need to connect with people more. Because I was very isolated for a very long time, just running my own business and doing my own thing and staying very like stuck in my ways. And I, I decided that that was not serving me, that I needed to connect with people. And just focusing on connection and connection only, that only, you know, and everything that ended up following from focusing on the word connection has completely changed my life this year. And I've had more change happen this year than I have in my entire life ever, ever, like ever. And I, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this, like my whole business changed. I, I met my partner in life. Everything happened because I really believe, yes, I, I, I did a lot of manifesting work and I did a lot of attraction stuff and in visualization, but I really focused on connecting. Like today's day and age, we're so disconnected. 
We sit on our computers and we look at everybody else's perfect lives, their highlight reels, quote unquote, right? What they're putting out there. And we hide out and think, oh my God, everybody has it better than me. Or I don't know about you, but I go through that and I hear a lot of other people that do too. And you, you know, you isolate even more and you isolate even more and, you know, you stay behind the screen and you text message and you Facebook and you like, and all of those things can be absolutely great because they're great ways to share your message, but we're not connecting with each other more. We're not making these real relationships. And, you know, connection in the way of what, what I believe is, you know, we talked about that quote, like you can't connect the dots looking back, uh, forwards. You can only connect them looking backwards. And what I've realized is that often the dots are people. Yes. So how I've gotten to where I am now is all the people that I've connected with and the, the relationships that I've made. That's the key. Like it wouldn't happen without the people. And that I want to focus my work on. Like that's what I want to teach people to connect in a deep way and to make relationships so that we can help each other grow. And like, so we like to say that one, you know, in-person belly to belly conversation or via Zoom, you know, like real conversation is it can be, can get more done than years of emailing back and forth or texting back and forth. There's just something that happens when you truly connect with another human being and you just take time to do that, that can change your life in a matter of minutes. Cause I know like this relationship that we're creating is going to change both of our lives. Like yeah. it, it's, it's connection is, is key. And especially when it comes to business as well. And I, that, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think of the stories my grandfather used to tell about how everything was about connection. It was like, I went to this school because I talked to the admin, like admissions director and boom, I was into the school. And I remember like when I was applying for college, just being like, well, it doesn't work that way anymore. Um, and then he'd be like, and I got this job and this opportunity and all these just because of another person. The, and the thing is like what I would say to 17, 16, 17 year old me is it does kind of, it does still work that way. It is still about connection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's more so that than ever before. Mm. Think about it. Like, all right. So we like to talk about it this way, in, or I do, a lot of the time. Like, what? So Madonna, right? I hate to, not to knock Madonna. She's amazing. She's an incredible performer. But, like, I know a lot of people that sing a hell of a lot better than Madonna does. But Madonna became a pop star. Or like Britney, I'm the biggest Britney Spears fan on the face of the planet, but you know, she's not the greatest singer in the world. I know people that sing much better than Britney Spears, um, but she ended up becoming famous and she gets to share her message with the world, kind of, right? Or like Madonna does, yeah. and people that are better singers are better, you know, but I truly believe that it was because of the people, the connections that they made that got them to where they are so that they can now share their message. So like when we talk about PR, publicity and sharing, you know, it, it just, it coincides with connection and you never have to feel yucky about it because it's actually your responsibility to take the gifts that you've been given and share them with people. And the fastest, easiest way, the shortcut is the connections and the relationship. Yes. That you make. Do you know what your word is going to be for 2019 yet? I've been thinking about it. No. And when I know, I'll tell you, I have a couple options and I'm not sure which one resonates most. And I think when I'm in Cancun by the beach, one of them will pop home to me. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I always give myself leeway. Like the very end of December, I'll start like thinking about like the 29th. I'll start pondering, but I want to keep going. My word for 2018 is on purpose. And I want to keep that going the whole, I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Girl, you're living on purpose. Yeah. It's been a good one. It's such a good one. Maybe I need to, I need to add that one to my <laughs> list. I do always get like FOMO from other people's words. Oh yeah, totally. Cause I'm like, wait, wait a second. <gasps> but there we go shitting again. I should have mm -hmm. made that my word. Exactly. Yeah. But I set intentions every week. So, you know, an opportunity to grab one then. Mm -hmm. Try it on. What's my what? Intention this week. This week was tricky because Monday I got sick and I set my intentions on Monday. And I had all, so I reflected on like, is that part of my theme? Is it about 
like rest and stillness. But I always go with just what comes up for me. And so I just had this mismatch of words that came up and it was like heart boundary. No. And then like heart space. I'm like, okay, it's something to do with those. And I don't know what it means. And I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Sometimes they're super clear. Sometimes they're a little bit intimidating, like massive action comes to me and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. But actually that, um, that was my intention the, the week I launched my podcast. Amazing. And Great. I did something else that week and I was like, oh, both uninspired, unexpected things. So I'm like, huh? Gotta listen. Always. Gotta listen. Yeah. I gotta uh, Jen, yeah. how can people learn more about you? Um, they can. So go to my personal Facebook page. Actually, I have the professional one, but I'm very active on my personal one. Just Jen Gottlieb from Request Me. I'm just very accessible. Uh, Instagram at Jen underscore Gottlieb. Um, my website, JenLeahGottlieb.com with an H. Or you can go to unfairadvantagelive.com to learn about our event that we are holding on January 29th in New York City. And I will be there. Kelsey will be there. Yep. Um, how many spots are still available? Mm-hmm. I think we've got, I think actually after right now, there's probably 29 spots because I just saw a couple sales go through. So sell By this out. time this airs, maybe there'll be like 10 left. Yep. So Get on it. Unfairadvantagelive.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Like, honestly, like this conversation is flipped my entire day around. So I love it. I love it. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group. Find your awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, KelseyAbbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.